What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift, which is why we call it the present. I'm going to say it again. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift from God, which is why we call it the present. You know, we are often so consumed in life, especially in the age and time that we live in, We are so consumed, be it by media, be it by the many opportunities, privilege that we have for leisure and extracurricular activity and all types of things and sports and concerts and this going on and that going on and shopping and I mean the list is endless of all of the things that we can become consumed by in the time that we live in that the danger becomes that there are certain priorities that God has given to us the family being after our relationship with God being absolute priority I don't know if you had that if anyone's ever taught that 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 list of priorities to you Uh, but biblically we see that it says love God with all of your mind all of your heart with all of your strength he is first and foremost but I want to let you know that after God and your relationship with him comes your family if you are married your marriage is absolute priority I would have hoped that the married folks said amen right there <laughs> if you are a parent <laughs> see because here's what I know why you're not saying amen because some of you said all right God my job and my Some of you said, God, sports, then my marriage. <laughs> if you don't say amen, say ouch. Say you're speaking to me, Pastor. You t- say, tell me something. <laughs> See, we've had for a long time priorities misaligned. And so God has brought you to this place so that we can teach you biblically the foundations and the order of things. It's God above everything. And then family is our first ministry. Even for me as a pastor, believe it or not, the order for me as your pastor is not God and the church and then my family. You're sadly mistaken if you believe that. I would never compromise my family over this ministry. I love it with all of my life. I'm telling you, I pour sweat, tear. I pour my life, my energy. I give everything that I have to this ministry, but it would never come before my own children and my own marriage. So that's why I've got to have things in order in my home so that I can be effective in what I do here. Because you wouldn't be able to hear me speak about family if you look at my home and that thing is all jacked up and out of order. So I want to help you and teach you the order of things. It's God, family. And so 
God has given us the priority of family. God has given you the priority of marriage. And now if you're single, if you're a young person, I don't want you to tune me out. This message is for everybody because I also want to teach single young person. I want to teach you what you should aspire and what you should believe God for in the future. I want to teach you on the standard of God for your life. So don't tune me out because you're a young person, because you're still in high school, still in college. You don't have somebody you believe in God for. Or maybe you're already older, but you're saying, God, I'm I'm waiting on, on, on my man. I'm waiting on my wife. I don't know if I have any witnesses in this place that you believe in God for that. Don't tune me out because you're not in that place. This message is for everybody. And so we can become so consumed by this priority that we become distracted. And life is already so challenging. Life is already so tough. Just go ahead and toss me one of those. Here we are with the priority of life. And so it feels a lot of times that this is us in life. Here is my relationship with God. And I'm trying to maintain this thing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pray when I have to. Sometimes just like that, the, I, I, I drop the ball and I miss the mark, but I'm still trying to maintain. And so, and so here we are in life and I'm trying to, I'm trying to pray and I'm trying to seek God. And I'm trying to serve in the church and I'm trying to give everything that I have. And then I have, and then I have my family. And so sometimes life feels this way. I, I'm trying to maintain and God, I don't want to lose sight of you, but here is my family. Here's my marriage. Okay. She called, she giving me a headache, Lord. My kid's getting on my nerves. I'm dropping the ball. But Lord, I'm trying, I'm giving it all that I have, and but here I'm trying to maintain it. And so life becomes just like this, Lord. Here are my bills, God. And, and okay, and, and I'm trying to, God, I'm trying to pay the bills, and the co-workers getting on my nerves. I'm trying to quit. When I wake up in the morning, 5 a.m., I, I sit and contemplate my life and the decisions that I've made and wonder if I could just invent one thing that'll make me a millionaire, God. <laughs> And so I'm trying to maintain all of these things and I got bills and I have my kids and they got programs and they have extracurricular activities and here I am. Oh Lord, I'm feeling like all these things are coming. Okay, here come the drama. Baby mama and them cousin, um, Pookie, my uncle, causing stressing me out, my abuelita, my great, my great grandmama still alive and still bothering me. I love her, but I don't want to see her. I, I just... <laughs> And so we're trying to maintain all of these things. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And then if it's not one thing, it's the, when it rains it. And so all, oh my, my, now my card messed up. Oh, change maintenance. I was praying Jesus for you to maintain them tires, but it seems like I gotta. <laughs> what begins to happen in life is that it feels like we're having to maintain all of these things. Even if we're not careful, we will misalign our priorities. And we will, not only that, but hey, I still got to see what's going on on social media. I know I got priorities, but I still want to see what's up. What everybody doing? Hey, scrolling, just mindless scrolling, double tapping, doing nothing. Uh, and then me, I got to watch my sports now, NFL, all right, NBA, everything. I'm in there, MLB, hey. And so... And if we're not careful, we can get distracted. What happens when we start getting consumed by things that are not a priority? We begin to lose control. Things begin to fall through the cracks. We begin to get distracted, and when we're distracted, it creates an opening. That opening creates a barrier. That barrier creates separation. That separation creates a disconnection. That disconnection ultimately destroys our family ties and relationships. 
things begin to fall through the cracks. We begin to get blindsided. We can take on what's called a savior complex where we want to save everybody and be all things to everybody at all the time. But as you see in that illustration, we can't handle everything for everybody. I want to help somebody because you're being consumed to the point where you want to be everybody's savior. And in doing so, you're losing sight of what God has given you priority over, which is your marriage. You're trying to save everybody else's marriage. God's saying you got to focus on your own. You're trying to save everybody else's kids, but God is saying you got to focus on your own. Before you start looking at what the Joneses are doing, you got to believe God and say what you have for me. I got to focus on that. My calling, my assignment, the things you've assigned me to, because if I try to take everything on everything is going to begin to fall through the cracks I'm going to get blindsided I'm going to create an openness where the enemy can come in and create separation ultimately disconnection and so today last week we spoke about keeping the family I hope you remembered it keeping the family close this week I want to speak about Keeping the family covered, if you're taking notes. Keeping the family covered. I want to give you two principles because in this time, we need now more than ever for families to stay close and we need our families to be covered. I'll be explaining exactly what that means. The first thing that I want to share with you today, if you are taking notes, in order for us to keep our family covered so that we're not blindsided, so that things don't fall through the cracks, so that we're not trying to take on this savior complex, so that we realize the order in our life. The first thing is that God desires for the home, your home, to be a spiritual covering, a.k.a. covered by Christ. God desires for the home to be a spiritual covering. Let me give you some scripture. Let's throw that up on the screen. God desires for your home to be a spiritual covering. Here it is. Psalm 91, 1 says, whoever dwells in the what? Shelter. That's talking about a covering. Shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadows of the Almighty. Because of sin, because we live in a broken planet, in a broken world, life is tough. Can anybody say amen? Life is tough. Life is, in fact, is difficult. Uh, things don't go a lot of times as we plan. Do I have a witness in this place? You planned something and it didn't go the way you planned it. Uh, life will beat you down if you live long enough. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Life will beat you down. You get battered around. You get beaten down. Your, your parade gets rained on. You ever had your, your parade get rained on? Because of all of these things, we ex experience emotional storms. Emotional storms. Where emotionally, we had hoped to be stable at this point, but yet it seems like we're still in a storm. We experience physical storms. If you live long enough, your body will begin to feel some things. Your body will experience physical storms, sicknesses, and all types of things. But I did not know it was possible that as soon as I turned 30, I was going to start feeling pains in places I never imagined. It's like the, day, the same day. It didn't help that I tore my ankle and everything, but that's a whole different story. But 
If you, it, listen, you're not going to stay young forever. And, and as, you, as you grow older and as you age, you will realize that your body will experience physical storms. You will experience relational storms, meaning as in conflict in your relationships. You will experience financial storms if you live long enough. Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about? Can, 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 are you still with me here today? Financial storms. You will go through storms of confusion trying to figure out what to do. And for that reason, because God knew that we will experience these storms in life. His desire is for your home to be a place of refuge, to be a place of security. Your home to be a place of refuge, to be a place of security. You ever play board games? Usually, most times, what's the goal of, them, of those board games? It's to make it home. You ever play any of those activity freeze tag or, or capture the flag and all these things? The goal is to make it because home is supposed to be a place where you can find refuge, a place that is safe, a place where you can find comfort. The adverse is true that when a, a home is full of conflict, it's full of pain, it's full of trauma, you will try to find comfort, security, and peace everywhere else but the home. And God desires for your home. Maybe you're not the head of your home right now, but you are a part of a family. This is still the desire for your home, and you can be a light right there where you are in your home. He desires for refuge and security to create a spiritual covering in your home. A spirit-filled home creates a spiritual covering, if you're taking notes. A spirit-filled home creates a spiritual covering. This is not on the screen, but I want to read this to you. Psalm 92, verse 12 and 13 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. When, as you do, as the Bible says in John chapter 15, and you abide in Christ, and you also begin to plant, get planted in the church of God, in the ministry, as you begin to grow roots, as you begin to get closer to what God is doing in the church. The Bible says as you get planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish and you will grow. Why do you flourish and grow? Because what's happening here as you abide in Christ in your relationship, as you are also planted in the church, that same blessing is going to hit your house. The same blessing that you're experiencing by abiding in Christ, getting planted in the house, it will also hit your home. And when you do these things, your house gets covered spiritually. I want, my desire is for this church, because we are a fairly young church, is to understand this principle. I want you to learn this. I want you to embrace this. I want you to hear this for the rest of your life, because this is what was handed down to me. That our worst day with God is better than our best day without Him. Okay, I'm a, I'm a, I, are you still here? I'm going to say it again. Just say amen. Don't, you're making me feel awkward up here just staring at me like that. Like really, help me out. Our worst day with God is better than our best day without Him. Thank, thank you so much, brother. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. I grew up in a home, well, let me tell you, somebody say story, story. I grew up in a home where my family, uh, my parents 
where some of y'all may not know about this were ultra conservative Pentecostals some of y'all may not know about that I'm talking about they were old school hope anybody know what I'm talking about holiness movement long skirt long dresses long tongues that's a whole nother story I'm talking about you couldn't wear makeup anybody know what I'm talking about couldn't wear earrings, no tattoos, couldn't go out, couldn't go to the movies, church Monday, like my wife said, Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm talking about church every day, I grew up in that environment, <laughs> and can I be honest with you, there were so much things in that church that were wrong, I'm going to just be honest with you, it was not the healthiest environment, can I be truthful? They were not the healthiest environments. When I began to study and really become an exegeter of the word and began to understand the homiletic and hermeneutical principles, my preachers understand what I'm saying. When I began to really study the word, I started looking and began to cause some conflict because I'm like, they, they taught me this. They were wrong all along. <laughs> there was so much thing, so many things theologically in terms of the church culture, in terms of beliefs that truthfully weren't the most healthy. But can I tell you something that I do honor about my upbringing is that one thing for certain that they had right, it was a thing called faithfulness. They had a thing called right, it was called consistency. These churches weren't the healthiest and they had practices that weren't really in the word of God. But one thing that I took with me all of my life was that they taught me that, listen, baby, when things are bad, you are still faithful and you are still consistent. You keep on going. Your toenail is hurting. Baby, you show up to church. It's two feet of snow. Baby, you still show up to church. Things are going bad. You about to lose your house. You still show up to the house. That's what they taught me. And there was things that I've had to unlearn, relearn, brother. But the one thing that I will never let go of is that they taught me to be faithful to God. They taught me to be faithful to the house of God. Even if I wasn't a pastor, guess where I will be every Sunday? I will be in the house of the Lord. I will come to the house with thanksgiving. I will come with a praise in my mouth. I don't arrange vacation. I don't arrange anything related to my business. I don't do anything to compromise my time with God. Hey. The reason I'm telling you this so sternly is because I did the research before launching this church. Nowadays, the statistic is that people may come to times a month to church and that's a thing of this generation but I'm declaring in the name of Jesus that we will raise up a church that doesn't follow their feelings that doesn't follow trends and what's popular I believe that we will raise up a church that will be planted in the house of God come what may I will be planted in the house faithfulness to Jesus Faithfulness to the ministry, faithfulness to what he's called me to do, and they taught me that principle. That's why I'm honored here that every Sunday I bring my daughters. Can, you, can I tell you, let, let, going back to story, story, I never, had, I never was able to negotiate whether I, I needed to go to church when I was growing up. <laughs> now y'all kids, ma, I don't feel like it. Well, all right, then I don't want to impose my beliefs on you. The devil is a liar. 
my mother would say, as long as you're living under my roof, we are going, me in my house, we will serve the Lord. I know I sound a little old school right now, but that's what we're missing nowadays. We're missing that what the older generation taught us, which was faithfulness, which was consistency. It doesn't matter what the trends are. It doesn't matter what culture says, what society says. What does the word of God say? And I may be young and you may see the way that I dress, but trust me, baby, my roots are deeply seated and rooted and so I want to instill that into you, young person, young marriage, young family. Instill within your children consistency. Teach them what it is to serve the Lord. Teach them to create a, a, a house that is filled with blessing. My daughter randomly would just begin to say, Daddy, I want to worship. She lifts her hands. My daughter would say, pick up, pick up a book. It's not the Bible, but she, she, she gets any random book and calls it the Bible. She said, Daddy, here's the Bible. She says, the Bi-, I said, baby, what does the Bible say? She says, the Bible said Jesus loved you. Thank God for Hope Kids Ministry. They're doing something right. They're teaching a young generation that there is a God that is living, that there is a Savior that is true. Thank God for a church that says, we will be planted in the house. My God, I feel like preaching that thing, but I got to move on because I'm looking at that clock. (laughs) Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the God of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but as for me and my household. We will serve the Lord. The reason why I want you to understand the importance of this, this is not just rhetoric from a preacher yelling and getting excited, although I am getting excited, passionate up here. It's beyond this because what I want you to understand is that the faithfulness of this generation can be transferred and given to the next generation. This thing is deeper than just you, baby. This is a thing of multi-generations. You know the reason why your your chains are so heavy in life is because prior to you, there were multi-generational curses of addiction, of of uh, uh, brokenness and marriages disintegrating and and fathers and, and mothers leaving the home and disconnection and conflict and strife. And so here you are. You're the one that's breaking the chain. Here you are. You're the one that's making a difference. Here you are taking up the mantle and saying, this will not be in my family. So you've got to fight, baby. You've got to hold on to the hand of God so that, so that with the baton, you can pass it on to your future generations. When I pray, I not only pray for my children, I say my grandbabies, my great-grandbabies, I'm setting a legacy of faith. This is a spiritual marathon, a relay. You ever seen a relay? A marathon or relay where one person is holding the baton what has to happen they have to make it to pass on that baton you will either pass it to your future generations or you will drop it choose today whom you will serve 
make a conscious decision and effort because this is deeper than you now. We're talking about a legacy with your family. Do you want your children to be blessed? I, I said, do you want your children to be blessed? Do you want your, your, in the future, your grandchildren to be blessed? Then baby, you've got to be faithful in the now. Come what may create a spiritual covering in your home. I love that in my home, when I walk into that place, I feel safety and security. Do you know why? Because every day my wife and I are intentional about filling our house with prayer. Every day when things are bad, we hold each other by the hand and we pray with one another and we cover our children. Every day we speak life into each other. Every day we create an atmosphere where worship is being played. But here you are where all that's being heard or seen is future. All that's being played and heard is what's popular. All that's being played and heard is what's modern because this is what I'm feeling right now. But baby, that's not what's going to sustain you. Future, I love you. I'm praying for you, by the way. I didn't mean to pick on you if you... <laughs> We've got to build a spiritual covering in the home. Because the enemy, I said last week, John chapter 10, verse 10, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So he will try to attempt to create an opening there to cause separation, division, conflict, strife. And so we've got to have a spiritual covering. Let me give you the second thing. The second thing is that God desires, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God desires for the home to be an intentional educational covering. God desires for the home to be an educational covering. What do I mean by that? Let's look at the scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall. What does it say? Are you reading with me? The commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Baby, what version did you put up here? You shall. In verse 7, in the translation that I have, teach them diligently to your children. Talk of them and when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise these commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts impress them teach them train them talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up This scripture is not on the screen, just hear me. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The book of Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And when Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. We see a constant, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, a constant teaching, which is to train which is to teach because the reality is God desired our home to be an educational center, a learning center for life. We cannot depend on the government. 
to teach and train. I work in schools. I love public, private, all these school systems. But the reality is that the teaching and training should begin in the home. So God desire for the home to be a place where we teach and train. So when you have those babies, he want, his desire for us is to teach them and train them so they go from parent control to self-control, independence, to ultimately, here's the goal that we should desire for our children. And you who are young, when you have children, this is what you should desire. Take them from parent control to self-control to spirit control. That the ultimate goal in life is not how much money you can make. Listen, go for it. Make, make all of that. Give to the building that we're getting ready to build. Work hard. We're, we're a church that believes in working hard. We're a church, we have entrepreneurs here. We have amazing men and women doing amazing things. We have people that are in the school system here. We have people that are teachers. We have people that are, are, are getting ready to become lawyers. We have amazing people who are striving to amazing things. But one thing I tell the lawyer, the teacher, the politician, and the business owner, that the greatest goal, remember, is that above all of those things that you strive for, Make ultimately depending on God. Make spiritual maturity your goal. Parent control, self-control to God control. The number one thing that we should teach, I'm going to give you just a quick list. There are many things, but the, just out of the three things I want to share with you just quickly, quickly, quickly. The first thing I have is he wants you to teach and train in your home to learn about relationships. Don't let media and what's popular teach and train in the home about relationships. We live in a broken world as is, and there is an agenda in the world. And that agenda does not care for marriage. That agenda does not care for family. That agenda does not care about community. It's all about self. And what can I do? And what can I get out of the situation? This, my life is about me, baby. I want to do me. I want to live how I want to live. I want to do what I want to do. I'm so thankful for the three that are receiving the message right now. That's the day we live in. And so in the home, we've got to teach and train about relationships. We've got to teach about values. What are values? The things that we that we that matters most to us. Those are values. We've got to instill values in the home. We are instilling, believe it or not, those values, whether we like it or not. When one way or another, we are teaching and showing these things. We 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 are teaching uh, uh, in the home how we. Uh, uh, deal with conflict. We are teaching them in the way that we speak to one another in the home. We are teaching and training. Not only do we teach and train how to eat and, and when to go to the bathroom and when to do all these things when, when little ones are little, but everything that we do, they are watching us. For those who are parents, they're watching every move, everything that we say, everything that we do, and we are teaching them ultimately what we value. And so in the home, your values should be aligned with the values of God. That's how you create that covering I am teaching my daughters how a young man or a man is supposed to treat them that starts in the home so when a joker come <laughs> and he act up 
well, let's just say, I'll pray after what I do. That starts in the home. We are teaching, my wife and I, how we deal with conflict. We are teaching how we work with one another. We teach camaraderie and teamwork. We teach what we do with our money, finances. Mighty quiet, my, my, my online family. I'm speak to y'all. In the way that we use our money, we teach those values. In the way that we handle our time, we are teaching responsibility, commitment, perseverance. We are instilling that or not instilling that in one way or another. But God desires for the home to be a place of teaching and training. The third thing that should be learned in the home to create that covering is that he wants you to learn character in the home. Character. Character is what you really are. Reputation is what people think you are. Character is what you are in the dark. Character is what you do and decide when no one else is looking. God says, I want to build your character within the family. I want to mature you spiritually. Character is such an important thing. The reason why character is so important is because in order for us to uphold what I just shared with you, the values of God, the values of His Word, we need courage. You cannot be a person of courage unless you have character. Because character, metaphorically, is that backbone that when everybody else is going left and I know it's wrong, I'm going to go right. <laughs> I'll never forget those words growing up in the home. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. You don't have to dress the way everybody else is dressing. You don't have to act like everybody else is acting. Be who God made you to be. I would hear those words so much, I used to get so tired of it. Because I would want to do what everybody else was doing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If, the, if friends was hanging out, hey, I want to be in the mix. If we're, if we're going to movies, I wanted to, be, I wanted to be in the mix. But character says, that's all good and dandy. That's wonderful. But never be afraid to stand on your own. Never be afraid that when everybody else is doing wrong, you'll be the one to say, there's better. I've got to stand for something. Because if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. That's why people stumbling. Because they have nothing to stand on. But God wants to build up a generation in this house that will have character. That character will cause courage to say, I will stand for the gospel. I will stand for the word of God. I will stand for truth. I will stand for my family. All my boys are telling me that it don't matter if I cheat. Devil is a liar. I'm going to be a man of character. I wish I had people in this place. 
all my girls are telling me to not care about how I spend my money, that I have one life to live, but I got to stand on something greater. I have values. I have standards. I have something greater that I'm living for. Is there anybody that says, I will stand on the word of God. I will stand on the truth of God. I will stand on the values that God has called me to. So I will cherish my family. I will cherish my children. I will cherish those loved ones that God has given to me. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift from God. Don't be so held by what was in the past that you can't be present, connected in what God is doing now in your life. If you are a parent, don't take for granted those moments that you have. Can I tell you something? It might be morbid, and I know you will not say amen. I know it's going to hit you hard, but I have to tell you the truth, baby. Your life is not promised. You may have a five-year plan, but tomorrow is not promised to you. And so here you are saying, tomorrow I'll do that. Tom next year, I'll, I'll be better. I'll be a better father. I'll be a better mother. I'll be a better, uh, 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 I'll serve God when I'm older. You may be saying, baby, tomorrow is not promised to you. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Life is overwhelming. And in order for us to strive and live these things that I just mentioned, you cannot do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. So much consumes us. But the great thing is that we have our Heavenly Father that says the things that you cannot control, I've got control. When you feel like you're losing it, when you feel like you're overwhelmed, don't know what to do, triggered, stresses, finances, family issues, all of these things, can I give you something that will help you? Would you catch this word if I gave this to you? Because a lot of times we take these things and they, they create this complex within us, a savior complex, I got to solve everything, I've got to do everything, I've got to help everybody. Can I tell you that God is stronger than you? I'm going to throw that again. <laughs> Where you are limited, God is not limited. Where you cannot provide, God is able to provide. Where you're not able to comfort, God is able to comfort. The issues in your family, you may not control them. Your family may be driving you nuts. Can I tell you, baby, God is stronger than you. His shoulders are bigger than you. The Bible says he is an ever-present help in time of trouble. You're loved by God. You're accepted by God. God has bigger things than you can imagine. He has bigger shoulders. His power is greater than you. So when you are battling, trying to hold everything together, there is a God that is able. Cling to him. Where you're limited in your family, cling to Jesus. Where you don't have solutions, call on the name of the Lord by which we're saved. He is 
the one that can be an ever-present help through everything and anything. How many say amen to that today? Let's give God a praise in this place. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience. But let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained, only experienced. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also, make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at my I hope center. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.